Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's cooking something up in the kitchen. Welcome, Jacob. Well, I was about to tell you, I think your fajitas are burning. Oh, crap. Let me go get that. (laughs) Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who just needs to impress a foodie critic. Welcome, Drew. Which is pretty uh, sad, considering I'm not a foodie myself. (laughs) (laughs) I've met foodies. They're, like, really good I've met them, too. They're interesting people. I will say they're interesting people. It's not my first thought, but my first thought's not really that bad, I should say, but gotcha. interesting is the nicest term. Yeah. Weird is the term I want to use, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, we uh, later on we are going to be reviewing Disney Pixar's Ratatouille, yes. but first, Jacob, how are you doing today? Because I'm... Interesting, I got mine cut Friday. Huh, interesting. Well, I've not had a haircut in probably like a month and a half. Two. So, yeah. I've, I've, I've had two. We've had two. It was two months. <laughs> wow, I, I be I can barely go with it a month because no, it, it starts turning into an afro. And I, I can't. There's nothing wrong with afros. I just I'd be like curly hair is the hardest thing to manage. No, it was a month because I did it like uh, right before I was uh, did that special at church. Oh, okay, so it was about a month ago, which was very good. Uh, so let's see. Uh, I went for a very good walk yesterday, about four miles. And uh, I loved it. And then today I went for a walk for a mile because where I work, the the shopping carts or buggies, depends on what area of the country you're from. Here they're called buggies. I call them carts because that's the well, yes. definition of what they are. But either uh, way. Admittedly, I switch it up. Yeah. Sometimes I say buggy. Sometimes I say cart. Sometimes I say the stupid bloody thing whose wheels messed up again. <laughs> exactly. So apparently at work, where I work, uh, we are short of cars because we keep stealing them. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I told I told my manager like, hey, I'm gonna go walk down this road and go to the end of it and come back, come back, just see if I can find one. Where we live, be like most of the town is built on a hill. Literally, that is very true. Very true. So I didn't realize most of this entire street was on a hill. So I was complete, uh, yeah. I was completely utterly pooped by the end. By the time I got back to the store and had to work for another six hours. <laughs> but either way, be like, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm ex- there again. I'm excited uh, for this weekend. We're going to Compalooza uh, with my brother, Jim, and uh, going to have some fun. Uh, hopefully buy some stuff. Uh, and I'll, and if you want to follow me there, you can follow my adventure at Compalooza. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jacoby Heron. And you can watch all the craziness go down because I plan on posting stuff. Either way, other than that, uh, it's been, uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. What about you, Drew? Well, it's, it was an interesting week. Yeah. Um, busy. Mm. Work, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess not really much to really to talk about. I mean, I got my hair cut Friday. Yeah. Uh, played some Sonic Adventure Saturday, as you know. Mm-hmm. A couple other little things. Nothing really exciting. Yeah. 
work was work. So, and uh, I did have to work Saturday, so <laughs> I don't I'm, know if I'm working this Saturday yet or not. Ooh, interesting story. Speaking of working on Saturday, so last Friday, last Friday, uh, I went in at six a.m., which is the our, our, River. Our, our, our store w- opens at seven. So we were supposed to have a wax and strip job to the floor. So you had to wax on and wax off. Yeah, apparently. So I get there. And everything has been displaced and put in the back for the floor guys. Turns out they didn't do it because they weren't scheduled for until, until next week or this week, actually. So I get there and it's like, okay. And it's basically me and an assistant manager putting everything back. <laughs> Except for like, a, like this apartment's doing this, this apartment's this, this one guy is doing something. Either way. Uh, so... I was scheduled for the next day to work, and I was told by another assistant director, it was like, it's like, yeah, you work Saturday, right? It's like, yep, you don't sit, you, nope, don't worry about it. It's, okay, cool. And then I was really worried I wasn't gonna, I was gonna have to work on this, this Saturday, but thank the Lord, I'm, I have the two days off, so praise the Lord. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, that was fun. I was like, yeah, I get the Saturday off, I get to sleep in. <laughs> Which was fun. I hope I get to say that Saturday, but yes. we will see. Yeah, we shall see. Either way. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that would be a little fun little story to jump into. Either yes. way. Yes. I really didn't have anything else. So. No. Let's go ahead and talk about what we've been watching. So, uh, I have been watching an old 1970s era Japanese superhero television show mm-hmm. called Common Rider. Ah. The original Common Rider. Oh, okay. I got back into, and I tried. I watched it a little bit, like when they first were releasing them again over here. Yeah, like a year and a half ago, I think. Okay. I don't remember exactly when it came out on a Toku Shoutsu, which is a channel that Shout Factory is doing for some a lot of their, uh, uh, you know, like Super Sentai and stuff like that. Yeah, I think Power Rangers technically too, but. No, actually, I don't think Power Rangers, because that would be another thing. But anyway, um, I'd watch that, but I didn't get into it. And the reason I got back into it is, you remember, you know how I mentioned about a couple weeks ago, I would started listening to a podcast called the Monster Island Film Vault? Yeah. Well, he and another kaiju podcaster started a new show, like in the last week, called The Henshin Men. Okay. I listened to the first two episodes, and I really enjoyed them. Um, so if, if, you're in, if, you want, if you're into this kind of... Uh, uh, posing superhero transforming uh, things, or just want another look at, at maybe your memories of Power Rangers. If once I get to it, uh, go ahead, go check out that podcast. I, I've enjoyed listening to it. Okay. Also, uh, I have been watching. Uh, I watched Akira mm-hmm. for our next podcast. Mm-hmm. I had to watch a little bit early because we're recording that episode Thursday. Yes, um, that's gonna be fun with us. Uh, Special guests, mm-hmm. uh, the Retro Rewind guys. But yeah. anyway, um, also along with watching that, actually, was that was the first time I watched the Japanese version. Okay, so that'll be interesting. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to watch the dub <laughs> before Thursday. But I mean, I also we watched uh, what was that, the Eccentric Family, when we were over at Chase's the other night. Yeah, that was unique. Uh huh. And uh, also, I watched it. There, there was something. <laughs> He watched I, I, something. I keep coming back to it, and it's like, I don't remember what the name of it is. Yeah. I mean, there's Loki, admittedly. Mm-hmm. Loki's good. I still oh, need to watch Loki. I'm an idiot for not remembering what it is I watched last week. Because oh. I watched it Friday mm. evening at a movie theater. Black Widow. 
Yes. Good show. Yes. Very, very good movie. Go watch that if you're on, on the uh, on the ropes. And if you can, if you can, I understand if you can't, yeah. but if you can, don't pay Disney Plus an extra 30 bucks for the rights. Go see it in a movie theater. It is, yeah, worth, it is worth that it. price. It is. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been watching. What have you been watching? What, as you did a minute ago, I also watched Black Widow in theaters. Such a good movie. It is, how do I put it? It's all about family. And uh, it's, 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 and doesn't include Dom. And it doesn't include Dom. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, 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 weird timing on that meme. Yes, that is. Uh, I have been a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise since its inception. And I think it's gotten a little ridiculous. A Hope, little? A little bit. A little bit. I've it's not even some, watched all of it and I'm going a little? Just, just, just a little. But I, I've, I've watched all the trailers for. Uh, they're calling it F nine, and uh, I'm 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 gonna still go see it. I'm, I'm just more hesitant. Like like, has anybody watched? I know people have watched this film. I'd be like, if you if you have, would you recommend it? Would you say no? Don't go watch this film. Let me know in the comments down below or wherever you're listening to this. Let us know. Uh, just get a conversation started about anything would be great. About animation, about movies would be great. Uh, maybe just anything. Anyways, so um. Uh, yeah, I watched that. Uh, we watched uh, uh, what was that? Unique Family or something? Eccentric like that? Family. Eccentric Family. I, I think he was calling it a Unique Family, but when I Googled it, because I was we're trying to look up who. Uh, yeah. It wasn't on that we were looking at. We were looking at something else. I was looking at something else on that, and that was Eccentric mm. Family. Yeah. What was that other show we looked up that has a uh, Ty, the voice actor for Ty in it that we watched over? Oh, oh, um, uh, parallel something parallel. Parallel something. Yeah, it was, par- it was interesting. I don't yeah, remember the name of it now. Yeah, I feel I'm, bad. I'm but I don't remember blank. the name of it. Wow. Um, dual parallels. Something like that. Yeah, dual parallels. Uh, it's an anime series. It, it's kind of a Kent Evangelion, but it's but with got, all the pretentiousness stripped away. Uh, yeah, some of it actually. Some of it. Some of it. But it's it's almost like in the like the spirit of, but it's not really. It's 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 taking some elements because there again, I have watched Evangelion quite a few times, and it's. It's a pseudo knockoff. Um, there again, it doesn't have any of the like emotional baggage that even Gellion has. But either way, we watched that. That was that was kind of fun. Um, what did I watch? Oh yeah, I watched Akira. Uh, that was that was a very unique watching. And it's like, okay, what no? What does this mean? And it's like, oh, let me let me figure out what this everything means. It's like, oh, okay, now it makes more sense a little bit. Either way, no, so it no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. It's like understanding Evangelion. It's a like deep dive into I, everything. I suspect that. Well, here's the thing I do know about Akira. Not to get jump ahead right. on our podcast schedule, but I do know that the manga is a lot longer than the movie. Mm, yes, it is. And yet they tried to cram the entire manga into one movie. So there's characters that are apparently major players in the mm-hmm. manga that have one scene. Yeah. Pretty in much the movie, and you don't even realize they're major characters. Yeah, that's what happens when you take the fir- the first half of a manga or a comic book, and you take the last half of the comic book and put a little filler in the middle, and you try to make a movie out of it. <laughs> kind of like the Last Airbender. What I keep hearing of that film, I haven't watched that film. <laughs> Me just, either. All I know is he got all the character names wrong. Yeah, Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan, Ding Dong. Exactly. Either way, I did remember there was actually a couple games I played. Ah, that I forgot to play? talk about. Like I said, we I played some Sonic Adventure, mm-hmm. and then I picked up again. If you remember back when we did our reaction to Luca trailer, yeah, mm-hmm. not the movie, the trailer. Uh huh. 
I had was going to be playing that night a game called Bravely Default 2. Yeah. I played it for one night, and there was this nobody hung out in the chat. I mm. kind of just shut it off, and then I didn't pick up the game for that two, three months. Mm-hmm. I picked it up Sunday. Yeah. I am enjoying the fool out of this game now that oh. there's no stress on it. All right. So, yeah, I've been watching that. I've been playing that. Okay, then. So, yeah, I wanted to throw that in there. All righty. Well, is that it for uh, what we've been watching? Are we ready to jump into the news? Yeah, let's get in the news. All right, so in the news, you won't like the panda when she's embarrassed. Moving exactly. on. <laughs> Moving on. Thank you for the segment. Thank you for the segue. Uh, I know I said that somewhere back there. Yes, you did. Uh, so... Uh, I just recently posted on a Tuesday that I were recording this, um, the new trailer for the larger than life original feature film turning red from Pixar animated studio director Do, uh, Domi Shu. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, award who won an Oscar for her 2018 short film bow. Uh, if that's you have, the one where it looks like she eats her kid. Yeah, exactly. And it is creepy beyond belief but it's just so amazingly well done so go check that out it's available on disney Plus. um uh this uh this film is supposed to come out on uh it's supposed to come out in 2022 so be looking forward to that uh we just recently watched it uh the trailer and it looks funny like drew like drew said we go, Look, you do not want to you do not want to be around her when she gets embarrassed yes <laughs> And her mother's making her embarrassed. Yeah. You won't like her when she's embarrassed. Exactly. <laughs> She'll turn into a giant, I don't know, she is a giant fluffy panda. Very fluffy panda. As long as she doesn't get angry and claw your teeth out, you're fine. <laughs> I'm more afraid she claw my head off. <laughs> claw your teeth out. That just sounds wrong. <laughs> like, come here. I just want to pick one tooth out. <laughs> like, run. All right. So speaking of Disney, speaking of the, the, the empire of mouse. Uh, the Mousecapire? The Mousecapire. Yeah, the Mousecapire. Uh, all right, so uh, Disney Plus revealed a new trailer for and poster uh, for Marvel Studios' What If. Oh, this is looking so good. Oh, my gosh. If you have not seen this trailer, go check it out. It is so incredible. It's like, what in the... It's like, what the... Oh, yeah, it is What If. That's right. <laughs> um, and the thing is, you're watching that, and it's like, okay, they animated the opening to Iron Man. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And I love how even the look on Tony Stark's face when he sees the Stark Industries oh, logo yeah. on that, and he does that weird kind of face. <laughs> yeah. Which is in Iron Man. I remember that. And it's like, yeah. okay, you copied that exactly. And then you have... Uh, Kilgrave. Kil- I couldn't remember the character's name. I just remember he was like... Uh, He's evil Black Panther. Yeah, he's warmonger. Yeah. War no, Mon- no, that's Kilgrave. a different character. Yeah, Kilgrave. Whatever his name is, and he's a guy so, who a guy who technically would have been in the military and special services when this happened, and have. more than likely would have been at the presentation of this device. Yes, comes up, picks up the the rocket, the rocket, and throws the missile, it. and throws it like he's throwing a football a hundred yards. That's like. He would have been there, wouldn't he? He would be. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's how it starts. And then you see things like, uh, uh, I keep just wanting to call him Chadwick Boseman, uh, <laughs> because I can't, it's it's Black Panther, Yeah. but he's not playing Black Panther. He's playing T'Challa. T'Challa. Thank you. I couldn't think of T'Challa's name. But T'Challa, but apparently T'Challa was picked up by uh, Yondu instead of Peter. And he's now Star-Lord. 
Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, this is, there's, there's Peggy Carter as uh, Captain, Captain, Br- Captain Britain. Captain Britain. Or, I think they're just calling Captain, her Captain Carter, but Captain I'm going to look at and go, she's Captain Britain, and she's riding on Iron Man? <laughs> I guess. How? I, I actually, I have I have heard that that's actually uh, Steve in the in that Iron Man costume. Okay. I don't know how. All right. So, yeah, I like what Josh here says. Star Chala. Star Chala. Star. Yeah, good one. Josh. Yeah, that's a very good one. Star Chala. Good one. All right. So also, it looks like we'll get some Marvel zombies. Yes. Really. <laughs> that's interesting. All right. So Marvel uh, Marvel Studios for animated oh. series. Yeah. Let me finish. Sorry. Launches on Disney Plus Wednesday, uh, August 11th. Continue. And we are going to review each and every episode. Yes. Like we were supposed to have been doing with Tangled. <laughs> that's more my fault than anything else. But I mean, the episodes are recorded. They just need to be edited. But he got, are, he got wrapped up in things. I got distract anyway we're going to get back up into that and we are going to review that plus another show that's coming out in about a month mm-hmm. if you're ready to move on yeah star trek lower decks season, season two dose. that looks like it's going to be good mm. yeah he, actually oh, showed, he showed me a clip earlier and i was like okay that's very much uh lower decks and uh yeah looking forward to it it's it's uh there again if you want to hear our reactions to Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, go to our... Listen po- to those episodes. Yeah, go listen to our... Po- our uh, and, and watch me geek out about... Oh every- my gosh. Good night. We should have done reactions to that. Yes, I agree. I completely agree. Not that I'm suggesting we do that this time, but... That would be funny, but then we get in trouble with Disney. Or, uh, no, not Disney, Paramount. Paramount, yes. Paramount this time. <laughs> well, no, you just turn the audio down to a point, like we did with Luca. Yeah, Next exactly. Winter. Yeah. Let's talk about this later. Yeah, let's talk about that later. All right, so back into the news. All right, so this is uh, kind of a merger, kind of a deal that just recently happened. On the heels of the recent deal with uh, Peacock, the uh, streaming platform. Uh, yeah, exactly. Amazon's Prime Video, anyway. uh, Prime Video and IMDB uh, Television, uh, Universal Films Entertainment Group announced a multi-year deal with Netflix, which gives them the streaming exclusive U.S. rights to all its animated features. So if you are a fan of Universal Picture uh, films, uh, they will be now be streaming on Netflix very shortly. That was a lot of companies you just named just to say, hey, Universal's going to be on Netflix. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> Why much. wouldn't Universal be on Peacock? They own Peacock. They have to, no one have to pay anybody. True. This thing I'm bringing I, up. I guess it was more Netflix You know, gave them the deal they can't refuse. True, true. Yeah, because it's and now it's like the bidding war to get everything. Yes, but you have to realize what we're actually talking about here. Illumination. Yeah, it's illumination. Pretty much illumination is all we're talking about. Yeah, pretty much. There might be some classic stuff I can't think of at the moment, but yeah, it's all of Illumination's movies. Yeah, agreed. All right, so uh, going into the next bit of news, uh, this is also a trailer. Uh, this came out, I think, last week. And uh, thank you, Heather Morgan, another listener of ours, uh, for bringing this to my attention. Thank you very much. Uh, a new trailer, poster, and image are now available, including uh, audience to the Walt Disney Walt Disney Animation Studio um, in Canto. Uh, it's about a very uh, extravagant family uh, who lives hidden in a uh, mountains of Colombia in a magical house in a vibrant town. And uh, yeah, it's called it's called Enchanted, and it will be in theaters November twenty fourth. 2021 
So if you are interested in this film, I'm going to post it to our Facebook uh, right after the recording and uh, comment down below like what you think of um, Encanto. And uh, let us know. We might be like, we'll, we'll definitely be going to see this movie in theaters and oh, yeah. get, a, get a reaction to that. So uh, my last bit of news is you got to love Shop Factory, right? I love Shop Factory. All right. So Shop Factory is doing it again, but this time with Steelbook. All right. So uh, Shop Factory, which is a distributing, which is a, like a movie distribution, which distributes like everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like those movies I've forgotten, a lot of horror films or whatever. Uh, so is uh, Shop Factory is giving more, uh, giving more fan favorite anime, anime features or movies. Uh, the Steelbook treatment, um, at, at summer's end, uh, partnering with G Kids. Uh, the upcoming enhanced releases will include Perfect Blue, um, Porco Rosso, which we reviewed. Yes. So if you want to listen to our review there, go check that out. And uh, a film I've never heard of, Up from the Poppy Hill. Oh, Up from Poppy Hill. That's yeah. another uh, Ghibli. Yeah, I saw that. I were like three or four years. Okay. All right. So Perfect, Perfect Blue will be released on September 14th. Um, Porco Rosso and Up from on Poppy Hill were released on September 21st. If you're interested in picking it up on Steelbook, Steelbook, I'm not exactly sure where you'll be able to purchase it. Obviously, you can purchase Amazon. You can purchase Amazon. Most likely, you can get it from. I'm thinking Best Buy. Best Buy, you can probably get probably it. Probably any you, place that sells Steelbook movies. Yeah, exactly. We'll probably have this. Probably. So yeah, that is all I have for in the news, which is a lot of trailer news. Oh yes. Which is like, okay, uh, Turning Red, I'm looking forward to because that looks fun. Thankfully, I got the, it got the title right this time. Uh, and then because seeing red would involve a bull. Huh? Well, you know. Flash. <laughs> Bulls, he red, they chase it. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Supposedly. I don't know how that works. Yeah, there's another movie count like that we'll be reviewing in the future. Which I have three copies of for some reason. I'm just glad the movie I was supposed to get that got me three copies mm. of a movie that I actually own now. So <laughs> We might have to get some one of those. <laughs> actually, I'm not sure where they are. Uh, okay. I only know where one is. So I may have already gotten rid of the other two. <laughs> anyway. Either ways. So, yeah. Um, Encanto, which is coming out this year. Uh, so, yeah. Let us know what you think about those uh, trailers. And are you excited? Or are you going to be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip out on it. Um mm. uh, but either way, yeah, that is all I have for in the news. Okay. Then I guess we need to jump into our spoiler-free section on Ratatouille. Yes. I don't know the, the time when I when I saw this movie the first time. I know I saw it before, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you when or where or how long ago, other than I'm fairly certain I was living still living at my parents' house. So that's like a seven-year window Yeah, that I might have seen it. And I'm fairly certain I missed the very beginning of it that first time I watched it when I came back and watched this. Right. Because once we get to Paris, I remembered the movie. Mm. Up until we got to Paris, I did not. Kind of a blur. Just a little bit. You, Just you, a little bit. You don't remember the you know the very angry grandmother with the shotgun. No, no, I don't remember that. And I don't know how I would have missed it unless maybe it was coming on TV and I caught it on TV and I yeah. caught it after it started. Maybe I was visiting somebody and they had just put it in when I got there and I ended up watching it with the kids. I don't know. Mm. I just know I watched it before and I enjoyed what I watched before. Um, it is a good, fun movie. Uh, it is not your typical 
Pixar movie, Ag- I would say. Agreed. Even though it feels like it started that way, which we'll get to. There's a couple interesting things about the creation of this movie. Mm. I came up when I was researching trivia. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed this movie. It's uh, it's about a rat yeah. who wants to be a chef, whose name is Remy. His mm. name is not Ratatouille. You people need to get your stuff straight. <laughs> and uh, you've got uh, Bilbo Baggins in there. Yes. You've got John Ratzenberger in probably his most obscure... Um cameo yes yeah, agreed because when you it's not until you know who he plays that you can hear his voice in the character which is like kudos yes. i like it when y'all do that yeah when i can't tell who you are in real life but it did throw me it's like oh i don't i didn't hear john ratzenberger in this movie look it up oh it was him interesting um i think i knew more of this from the uh from the short that we that, ten, that came out on the Blu-ray when the Blu-ray came out. Um, yeah, your friend the rat. Yes, which is funny. If you're looking for a good short, definitely watch that. But um, oh, and I watched Lifted also the other the short that would have been in theaters with this. Yeah, that was funny. Okay, I was gonna go about watch that. Yeah, it is funny. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's an enjoyable movie. You can definitely let kids watch it, even though I think this is the most violent Pixar movie. Pretty much. It's, it's it's actually it's, more violent than The Incredibles. Yeah. And The Incredibles featured, well, it featured people pumping, punching robots, but yeah. uh, if it this involves superhero fights. Eliminate a rat. There is There are like two or three scenes here that just made my skin crawl. Yeah, I agree. Um, so if you're not good with Swarms of Rats, I will say that. Maybe not jump into this one. Yeah, definitely. If you have a rat, well, I think it's it's not a ratophobia, but but like you're afraid of rats. Do not watch this film. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting movie. It'll give I, you cheddar nightmare. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my thoughts on this. And I actually have an uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, what is your thoughts on this? My, spoiler free. Uh, spoiler free thoughts. Um, I did not see this in theaters. I think I saw I saw a trailer for it. I was like, okay, it's a rat who cooks. Boring. And I passed it up. So I think I caught it somewhere. I was at someone's house or at my parents' place at the time I was still living with my parents. Um, I think I saw, like, he was in the kitchen. And just that scurry moment. I was like, okay, this is interesting. I didn't know what it was. I was like, okay, it's that rat movie. Oh, okay. And then Drew brought it up as, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to do Ratatouille. It's like, oh, yeah, the rat movie. I totally forgot about that. Movie. And then I finally watched it, and I was like, that's really good. That's mm-hmm. really good. Really good storytelling. It's a little awkward here and there, but um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, I enjoyed it. Is it family friendly? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you are afraid of rats, do not watch this movie because there are rats. There are rats everywhere, and, and they move realistically. Yeah, they move like a rat. Like yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, either way, I know. I know. I have an aunt who loves mice and loves rats. Probably loves this movie. So I enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely friendly, friendly. Uh, it's got like Drew said earlier, it has a lot more violence. It's probably the most violent Pixar film they've made. They've made so far. And I have, I have to say that Brad Bird killed it like he normally does as Uh a director. Um, so yeah, I, this is a great film. So yeah. And that's going to bring us to the end of our Mm -hmm. uh, first bit here. Yes. So join us on the uh, other side of the bumpers, and we will get to spoiling this thing. Ray. Okay. This progress is a part of 
Christian Reek Central Network. Reek Reek Central. Rock Rock. Hey, Scoop. What are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. <laughs> All right, hold on. Give me, give me it. We're okay. <laughs> All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as Helix Reviews. Helix Reviews is a podcast where David Arrington reviews movies, music, comic books, video games, and all kinds of media, all from a Christian geek worldview. His hope for this podcast is that it will be entertaining, informative, and interesting, but will also get you thinking about the media you are consuming. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, (laughs) who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all of Star Wars. And check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Ratatouille! Ratatouille! Listener discretion is advised. Ratatouille was written and directed by Brad Bird, who did The Incredibles and The Iron Giant. And it was also written and directed partially by Jan Pinkava, who directed Jerry's Game. It was also written by Jim Capabianco, who wrote The Lion King, or one of the writers on The Lion King, anyway. Okay. One of the 30, 40 writers on The that Lion a King. Lot of writers. Yes. Getting into the cast, we got Remy being played by Patton Oswalt, and he played Professor Dementor in Kim Possible. He played who again? Professor Dementor. I'm trying to I don't know the character. It's just I thought, ooh, Kim Possible. Yeah. Bring it up. I know Jacob likes it. Yeah. I assumed you might know who the character was. I'm a, a mentor. I think it was like a one episode deal. I think, so. yeah, because I remember he was he was in one what of I the saw episodes. on IMDb. Because I'd be like, I, I loved Kim Possible. I still want to yeah. get the whole season, but Captain, I mean, like, Dr. Professor, Dementor? Professor Dementor. Oh, yeah. I think he was like one of uh, uh, the villains, like, arch With rivals. a name like Dementor, I hope he's a villain. Yeah, he's, he's a, <laughs> no, he's like, he's one of a. Uh, uh, Oh, come on. What's the villain's name of that show? I'm failing as a, a fan. Um, Draken. Draken. Yeah, Draken's... Uh, Lord Draken. No, yeah, Dra- Lord, that Lord Draken. Not, not Lord... That's Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm reading that comic book right now, so... <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, probably one of Draken's uh, arch rivals or, like, one of his mentors or something like that. But it's, I don't... I'd be like, I remember that Oswald was voice acting for one of the episodes and I was like ooh that's interesting mm-hmm. and it's just like oh it's all coming back to me now like Indeed. a certain song <laughs> so going forward we've got Skinner being played by Ian Holm who is probably more famous for playing Bilbo Baggins in The Lord of the Rings uh-huh. but not The Hobbit as that was the other guy mm-hmm. Linguini was played by Lou Romano and in The Incredibles he played Bernie Cop Crop Bernie Crop, Crop. Uh, Django was played by Brian Benahy, of course, named after the character Django. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Uh, he uh, Brian Bennehy played Cobb in Silverado. Mm. Emil was played by Peter Soane. And in The Good Dinosaur, he was the pet collector. Mm. That was the uh, crazy Triceratops that had all the birds. Oh, yeah! Uh, Anton Ego was played by Peter O'Toole, most mm. famous for playing Lawrence in Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Gusto was played by Brad Garrett, mm-hmm. who you probably know more as Hookhand in uh, Tangled. Oh, yeah. And uh, Eeyore in Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. Wrong character. That's like, any anytime I hear Eeyore, I think, oh, bother. Because well, it's, it's Poo that says, oh, bother. Yeah, because I know... Uh, For those of you who want to clap, now is the time. Mm. Is it bad that I can do Eeyore? <laughs> That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Continue. <laughs> anyway, uh, Colette was played by... Janine Garofalo, and in the movie Mystery Men, she played a character named Bowler. Okay. I didn't watch Mystery Men, but I think this is the girl with the bowling ball that with that skull in it. If okay. you've ever seen the commercial for it, which is okay. about all I've seen. Right. I know our friend Chase loves the movie. Mm. Horst was played by Will Arnett, who recently in our show rev- uh, played Mr. Perkins in Despicable Me. Right. Lalo and Francois was played by Julius Callahan, and he played Kirst, a.k.a. the Ad Blaster, in something called the Marshmallow Mystery Tour. He didn't have much to pick from. Okay. I think it had, like, five cast roles. Okay. One of, the, one of this was this. Another one was Ratatouille the Video Game. Uh, okay. And so I had to buy pick of, like, three other things, and I saw the words... The Ad Blaster, and I had to look, I had to pick that one. Because <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. it's crazy. All right. Uh, LaRousse was played by James Ramar, and in the television show Jericho, he played Jonah Prowse. And M- Mustafa, aka The Waiter, was played by John Ratzenberger, aka Cliff Clavin from Cheers, and Pixar's own Lucky Charm, and has been in every single movie. Jumping into the Kingdom Hearts connections, Bill Farmer, who played a Paris citizen in this movie. Of course, he's goofy in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. John Ratzenberger, who I mentioned played uh, Mustafa, is, of course, Ham in Kingdom Hearts. And Brett Brooke Parker was an animator in this movie. Okay. And he was tra- and she was trailer mom in Kingdom Hearts. In other words, remember from uh, Monsters Incorporated, the... Uh, Mom with the uh, shotgun who the, guy, the kid says, Ma, get the shotgun. The gator's got in the trailer again. <laughs> that I think that it has to be, it has to be uh, uh, archive audio they use, but it's her okay, got it. playing the role. So, yeah. And that brings me to the end of the Kingdom Hearts Connections. Okay. So, info and stuff, if you please. All right, so, info and stuff, you, uh, if you are a subscriber and uh what would you call that? If you if you if you subscribe to Disney Plus, if you watch Disney Plus, if you own Disney, if you, you don't, uh, if you, you don't own Disney Plus, Disney who owns yeah. Disney Plus, yeah. But if you if you have a subscription to Disney Plus, yes, thank you. If you have a subscription to Disney Plus, it's available on Disney Plus right now, and which will probably be forever uh, on IMDb. Forever. Uh, on IMDb, it has an 8 out of 10 uh, production. It was done by Walt Disney Pictures and Pixar Animated Studios. It was distributed by, obviously, Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. It was released on June 22, 2007 at the Kodak Theater. 
Uh, going into box office, it had an estimated budget of $150 million. Its U.S. US and Canada gross was $206.4 million. <clears throat> I think it made money back. Yes. Definitely. Uh, its opening weekend, I skipped that for some reason. It was out of order. Uh, its opening week weekend for U.S. and Canada was $47. million. That's, that's kind of abysmal. <laughs> but then it, it definitely made its money back. Uh, whoa, gross. I'm just going to say it made the same. It made a lot more money. Yeah. Because for some reason, it's not here. <laughs> it happens. It does. I probably distracted you in the notes. Who knows? No, I did these notes before I get over here. Oh, well, never mind then. I couldn't have distracted you. Yes. All right. So, home release. It's home release. Disney release Ratatouille on high definition Blu ray disc and DVD in North America on November 6, 2007. A DVD release was released the same day. It sold 4.9 million units, um, the equivalent of $7.37 million on its first weekend. Uh, that's the weekend of the 6th and 7th of November of 2007. Uh, Ratatouille was released on 4K Blu-ray on November 19th, 2019, and it is now available on Disney Plus if you subscribe to Disney Plus. That is all I have for info and stuff. All right, jumping into the summary. Remy is a young rat with unusually acute senses of taste and smell who dreams of becoming a chef like his idol, the late Auguste Cousteau. However, the rest of his colony, including his brother Emile and his father and clan leader Django, are interested in food only for sustenance. One day, while scavenging the house for an elderly woman for ingredients, Remy accidentally reveals his clan to the woman. The rats are forced to flee, and Remy is separated from the others. He winds up in the sewers, and, encouraged by an imaginary Gusto, eventually finds himself above the kitchen of Gusto's restaurant in Paris. When Remy notices the restaurant's new garbage boy, Alfredo Linguini, attempting to fix the soup he has ruined, he jumps in and fixes Linguini's mistakes. Linguini catches Remy in the act, but does not reveal him to Skinner, Gusto's former sous chef and the owner of the restaurant. Skinner confronts Linguini for tampering with the soup, but when the soup is accidentally served and proves to be a success, Colette Tito, the restaurant's only female chef, convinces Skinner to retain Linguini so as to uphold Gusto's motto, anyone can cook. However, Skinner demands that Linguini replicate the soup in order to keep his job. Skinner spots Remy trying to escape and orders Linguini to take him outside and kill him. Once they're alone, Linguini discovers that Remy can understand him and he convinces Remy to help him cook at Gusto's. The two learn that Remy can guide Linguini's movements like a marionette by pulling on his hair while hiding under his toque. Together, they are able to replicate the, reproduce the soup and continue cooking regularly at Gusto's. Colette begins Linguini's training in the kitchen, begrudgingly at first, but comes to appreciate someone heeding her professional advice. Remy reunites with Emile and his clan, but while Django tries to convince Remy that it's impossible to change humans' disdainful nature towards rats, Remy affirms that change is nature. Skinner learns through a letter that from Linguini's mother that Linguini is Gusto's illegitimate son and rightful owner of the restaurant. When Remy discovers the letter in Skinner's office, Skinner chases Remy around Paris to retrieve it, but Remy gives it to Linguini, who forces Skinner out. The restaurant thrives as Remy's recipes become popular. Linguini's life improves and he develops a romantic relationship with Colette. Meanwhile, Anton Ego, a food critic whose negative review of the restaurant indirectly led to Gusto's death, 
learns of its rising success and announces he will dine at the restaurant. After Linguini takes credit for Remy's cooking, he and Remy have a falling out. Pressured by Emile and his own frustration, Remy hastily leads the clan to raid the restaurant's pantries for food. Linguini arrives mid-raid to apologize, but upon discovering the raid, furiously drives all the rats out, Remy included. The next day, Remy is captured by Skinner, but is promptly freed by Django and Emile. Linguini reconciles with Remy and reveals the truth to his staff, who, feeling deceived and betrayed, all walk out. However, after being reminded of Gusteau's motto, Colette returns to help. Impressed by Remy's determination, Django and the clan offer to help, cooking under Remy's direction while Linguini waits tables. When Skinner and the health inspector attempt to interfere, they are bound and gagged. Remy creates a variation of Ratatouille, which remains ego, reminds Ego of his mother's cooking. Astounded by the dish, Ego asks to meet the chef, but is told he must wait until the restaurant is empty. Upon being introduced to Remy, Ego is stunned. However, he writes a glowing review that states that he has come to understand Gusto's motto and that Remy is nothing less than the finest chef in France. Skinner and the health inspector are eventually released, and the restaurant is shut down due to health concerns, causing Ego to lose his job and credibility as a critic. However, Remy, Linguini, and Colette open a popular new small bistro, La Ratatouille, which Ego invests in and frequently visits. The rat colony settles into the bistro's attic as their new home. So getting into the trivia for this episode, Jan Pinkava's involvement in the film ended after a few years when John Lasseter decided that his leadership and vision required to helm a full-length animated feature were simply not there. Because he was the first writer and director of the film. Oh, okay. Brad Bird, who had just finished The Incredibles, was asked to help out whenever he uh, inundated Lasseter with appealing story ideas for the project. Eventually, he was given the reins while Pinkava left the company. Hmm. This is the final Pixar movie to use the customized Walt Disney Pictures logo that debuted in Toy Story Mm -hmm. in 1995. After that, the new logo that had been introduced the previous year in Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest uh, would be used for Pixar movies since Walt Disney Pictures purchased slash acquired Pixar in 2006. Pet rats were kept at the studio in the hallway for more than a year so that the animators could study the movement of their fur, noses, ears, paws, and tails. To find out how to animate the scene where the head chef uh, is wet from falling in the river, mm-hmm. they actually dressed someone in a chef suit, put him in a swimming pool to see which parts of the suit stuck to his body and which parts you could see through. In France, where this movie is set, the movie broke the record for the biggest debut for an animated movie. Wow. Marketing tie-ins proved to be problematic for this movie, as no food product company wanted to be associated with a rat. <laughs> I wonder why. Remy has 1.15 million hairs rendered. Jeez. Whereas Colette has 115,000 hairs rendered. An average person has about 110,000 hairs. Hmm. At about the 1 hour and 14 minute mark, nearly every... Uh, the Pizza Planet truck from, Toy, from the Toy Story franchise, which appears in nearly every Pixar movie, is seen. The truck appears on the bridge over the Seine in the scene where Skinner chases Remy. Mm-hmm. At around 16 minutes, when Remy is climbing out of the sewers for the first time, he is barked at by a dog in one of the houses. You only see the dog's silhouette, but it's, it's very obvious that it's actually the dog Doug from Pixar's then-still-in-production movie Up. Huh. That makes sense. The animation team worked worked alongside chef Thomas Keller at his restaurant, French Laundry, in order to learn the art of cooking. 
Mr. Keller also appears in a cameo role as the voice of a patron at Gusto's. The ratatouille dish prepared by Remy is the alternate variation called Confit Biadi. It was adapted by film consultant Thomas Keller. The variation differs much from the conventional ratatouille in terms of preparation and method. The major difference is that the vegetables used are sliced thinly and baked instead of cooking them in the pot. Mm. Chef and television personality Anthony Bourdain's favorite food-centric movie. Bourdain said, They got the food, the reactions to food, and the tiny details to food really right, down to the barely noticeable pink burns on one of the character's forearms. I really thought it captured a passionate love of food in a way that very other very other films have okay brad bird cast Patton oswalt in the main role after hearing his stand-up routine about the menu at the black angus steakhouse veteran disney animator victor habouche who worked on sleeping beauty lady and the tramp and 101 dalmatians called the called this movie the best animated film since pinocchio wow yeah uh, gusto's first and last names are anagrams of each other hmm uh, the changes that brad bird brought to Jan Pinkava's original story were that he killed off Gusto, gave larger roles to Skinner and Colette, and also redesigned the rats to make them look a bit more like rats. At around one hour and six minutes, the room in which Anton Ego writes his review is shaped like a coffin, and the back of his typewriter resembles a skull face, appropriate since, because, since he writes killer reviews. Mm. <laughs> Walt Disney Pictures was reluctant to push this movie as a nominee for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, fearing that members might overlook it in the Best Animated Feature category, where it was deemed to be a lock. Instead, they concentrated their efforts on making sure it won the animated category. To create a realistic-looking compost pile, artists photographed and researched the way real produce rots. Mm-hmm. Fifteen different kinds of produce were left to rot and then photographed, such as apples, berries, bananas, mushrooms, oranges, broccoli, and lettuce. Several changes to the design of the rats, primarily in the nose and ears, were made after Debbie Ducommon, a rat expert, brought down several of her personal pets for the art and animation departments to observe. The wine ordered by Anton Ego, Chateau Cheval Blanc, 1947, is a real wine, a Grand Cru Bordeaux blend from the Saint-Emilion region, and an excellent vintage as well. I wouldn't know I'm reading this off the trivia because I don't drink. <laughs> Bottles stored properly should be in their prime drinking window as late as 12, 2050. A bottle ordered in a restaurant would probably be priced in excess of $4,000 in 2012 dollars. Wow. Jeez. To save time and memory when animating the movie, human characters were designed and animated without toes. I didn't even know they animated anything that wasn't seen on screen in any of move, any of these movies. They don't animate the toes? If they're in shoes. That would make sense. But I would think they would never animate the toes if they were in shoes, no matter what movie it was. Agreed. Wow. Colette says that the sous chef, Horst, has been in prison, which is why he is rough. So rough. French prisons are considered the toughest in the world, mm -hmm. so horse mannerisms are perfect for his experiences. And last but not least, the cockroach Hal from Wall-E in 2008 is seen on the wall of Linguini's apartment when he turns the light on and tries to get his bike into the apartment. Mm -hmm. This was a nod to the next Pixar movie that was coming up, 
right after this one, Wall E. This brings me to the end of our trivia, which uh, I want to go ahead and give my first like. Go for it. And that is uh, Anton Ego's review of the dish. At the end of the movie, right? At the end of the movie. And I'm going to go ahead and read. I actually have the quote here. It's long. I'm going to read the whole thing right quick for you. Go for it. And I'm going to, and the reason is, the reason I'm bringing this up is really in the first couple lines. It's something I think all of us critics, both uh, professional and armchair need to remember. Right. In many ways, the work of a critic is easy. We risk very little, yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and their selves to our judgment. We thrive on negative criticism, which is fun to write and to read. But the bitter truth we critics must face is that in the grand scheme of things, the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our criticism designating it so. But there are times when a critic truly risks something, and that is the discovery and defense of the new. The world is often unkind to new talent and new creations. The new needs friends. Last night I experienced something new. An extraordinary meal from a singularly unexpected source. To say that both the meal and its maker have challenged my preconceptions about fine cooking is a gross understatement. They have rocked me to my core. In the past, I have made no secret of my disdain for Chef Gusteau's famous motto, Anyone can cook. But I realize only now do I truly understand what he meant. Not everyone can become a great artist. But a great artist can come from anywhere. It is difficult to imagine more humble origins than those of the genius now cooking at Gusto's, who is, in this critic's opinion, nothing less than the finest chef in France. And I will be returning to Gusto soon, hungry for more. And like I said, the main point I'm bringing up here is in those first couple sentences where it talks about how easy it is for critics to be um, evil, for lack of a better term, yeah. to be hurtful, to not give anything a chance because it doesn't meet a certain level of what we think is important. Because I mean, we, we're critics as much as I hate to say yeah. that, but we are critics Yeah, and it is very easy for us to sit here and, you know, just talk about how horrible something is mm -hmm. and how much we hate it and how we wish everything was like at this critical level of art appreciation and all this stuff. I don't think we do that, but I mean, I'm sure we can be guilty of it in some instances when right. there's something we really like and something we really hate for no other reason than it just doesn't fit our thing. Right. I don't know if this was actually the theme of this. I, I cause honestly, I think it's what what said later on in this quote where it's um, not everyone can be a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. Yeah. I think that's more the theme, yeah. but it's in knowing that, that that first part I think is very important because it's so very easy for us to just hate something because we hate it. And because we hold at least in our case, at least a minuscule amount of influence right. over how others might perceive something. Right. I think it is very important that we are kind and fair to every movie we review. Oh yeah. And I think that's something most critics forget. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 taking the the gyms and be like yeah you may not or be like you maybe like kind of you know, brown notes a little bit it's like oh this is this is way below me mm -hmm. like this this is so petty this is so uh, generic this is so be like blase like there's nothing new to this but there's always something there's always a diamond in the rough mm -hmm. in anything 
and it's always giving people that the um, the opportunity to let their art, uh, the lack of words, shine. Yeah, and to uh, you know give people the credit the credit that is due, and not just completely bash them or uh, like some like some movie critics are more. It's you are be like oh it's cliche they're using all these these same the same old same old and just bashing a film mm-hmm. just because that's what everybody does. It's easy to yeah. bash something. Very easy. It's harder to take a look at what they're doing and understand why they're doing it and why what they're doing actually works. Exactly. That's the main thing I want to get at. And it's and the thing is with this armchair critics, which is anytime we're on Facebook and just talking mm-hmm. and letting ourselves be heard, it's very easy for us to gatekeep yeah. against what we think is good and bad and what shouldn't be done and should be done. Right. And I'm bringing that up because of my first dislike ironically when we get to the dislikes so alrighty until we get to that point what is your first like my first like is the rat cam <laughs> the the way that Brad bird directed this film because they were like oh we're gonna use like traditional shots I'm gonna something like no no, no. we want to follow the rats we want to be like when to get down to their level and because it's about them it's about their it's their movie it's primarily Remy's movie it's so I, he he came up with this idea, and it's it's nothing new, definitely from 2007. But they literally set the camera on the floor and shot up to everything that's going on, mm-hmm. giving it more of the perspective from the rat. And I thought that was just like very unique because like you really don't get that a lot. But like yeah, you get from like the human perspective of everything, and uh, you get like from the human perspective, like from like from the humans level. But when you get down to, like, the nitty-gritty and, like, get all these amazing, like, upward shots of the characters, and it's just, uh, it's incredible. The, uh, the, the storytelling within the camera work is incredible. You get these nice sweeping mosaic, uh, not mosaics, but um, sweeping shots of, uh, say, for example, uh, Remy, he's, he's walking back to Gusteau's. Yeah. Like, he's all juvie, and he's like, he says, hey, how are you doing? The guy crashes in the car and his, his bread goes everywhere because it's all from Remy's perspective. Mm-hmm. He's coming towards the camera and it's just like you see him coming and it's like, oh, okay, that's that's great. You know, it's 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 understanding because we normally, it's like, okay, let's put, you know, the shot here. Let's put it here. Let's like, no, 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 no. Let's put it down here. Let's put it like nitty gritty. Let's make it, you know, let's make it dirty, like dirty, yeah. dirty camera uh, operating. And uh, I thought it was great. It's a really, it was really unique and very um, clever for Brad Bird to, you know, think in that way because that's what most artists think. It's okay. How can I create a um, a scene that is going to make people think for a minute? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. Let's let's use a different, you know, like boom operator or whatever. Yeah. But in this case, it's literally thinking because the animation. You don't think, oh, this is a camera. It's like no. You think you just set your shot. And you just go from the angle. Like, no, no, no. Set it. Actually, there's a camera there, and it's following everywhere. Or the example of uh, where, um, what is our, uh, our not uh, Remy's puppet. What's his name? Oh, Linguini. Linguini. So when the scene, when uh, he's uh, trying to, he's trying to recreate the, uh, the soup, and Remy's controlling him, which is like, how the world do you control a person just through his hair? You just do. <laughs> you just do. But, uh there's, Apparently his hair is tied to some nerve endings that can control yeah, exactly. his arms Yeah, exactly. So he's this big marionette. So the this one of the scenes I love is where 
Remy is controlling him, and he's like, because most of the time be like with a camera, because be like you you run camera at church, yeah, and so you'll be like you 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 kind of you if you've done it and you understand how the person on the platform they move, it's like okay here here here, mm-hmm. it's like it's left right center left right center center left right, be like you understand that, but uh, and you hope they don't. They don't, they don't Make deviate. A weird movement. Yeah, they don't deviate. But um, in this one, in when they were setting that shot up, it was like, okay, think of it as like um, you don't know where this character is going. It's not be like, oh, okay, I'm going to track him the entire time. It's like, no, no, no. Because there was one point where. Uh, uh, well, I mean, for most of the scene you're talking about, Linguini doesn't know which way he's going. Yeah. And Remy is not really good at controlling Linguini yet. Yeah. So. So it's, it's quite literally like Linguini. Uh, I'm going to butcher that name to death, Linguini. Let's call him L. Linguini. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, so, like, they're following Linguini around, and, because uh, most of them be like, you'll just track him. you like, you'll track him with the camera. But they didn't do that. They simply was like, like, like the camera operator had no idea he was doing this. So it's literally, you have to, like, he just does this big jerk movement. And so the camera has to follow him, just jerk movement. And, uh, yeah, that's always fun. I've mm-hmm. had to do that in camera work. <laughs> just over here, this, so you just get that, that huge wide motion. It's just, I, I love that because it gives that spontaneous, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Yeah, if, if you're if you're looking from our perspective and not understanding, he's controlled by a rat. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I just I love the camera movements in the movie. It's like you get some nice sweeping films, and then it's others. It's so spontaneous, and like you're moving around like you're actually there. And I thought it was really unique on Brad Bird's part to uh, take that perspective, mm-hmm. definitely with the the camera operating within a digital platform. So yeah, that's my number one, the Rat Cam. Okay. My number two like is that we get a happy ending, but it's not the happy ending you're expecting. Yeah. Because that's the thing. The happy ending we're all expecting is uh, everyone learns that Remy is actually a good chef. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's a rat's not really a concern. Everyone's gusto stays open. Yeah. Everything's all happy hunky-dory. Nope. The gusto gets closed. Yeah. (laughs) Because the kitchen was filled with rats. You can't really... uh, (laughs) Work with that. No, you can't. And it's because, a health hazard. Get rid of the And rats. because of that, not only is Gusto's closed, but Anton Ego, who just wrote a glowing review of the restaurant, that that review I just read mm-hmm. a minute ago, he loses all credibility. Yeah. He whatever credibility he still had outside of being just a evil, horrible curmudgeon of a of a food critic. Yeah. Uh, he just lost any of the goodwill he had left uh-huh. because he wrote a glowing review of a rat infested restaurant <laughs> and you know, Remy, you know, Linguini and Colette, you know, they're at least together, but they're not in Gusto's cause Gusto's is pretty much gone yeah, pretty at much. this point, but it's still a happy ending because Remy is cooking. He's being accepted as a cook. I don't know how any of that works. Cause I assume you still have a rat infested kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> But because it's a bistro and not a five-star restaurant, I guess that's why they can get away with rats in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Antonigo is eating apparently his new favorite food. Because he orders it every time. time. And you'll notice he has gained weight in those scenes. So he's been eating a lot. Yeah. Because he now swallows. 
Because remember, he says if he doesn't love it, he doesn't swallow. Yeah, that's why he's so skinny. Um, and he's invested in it. And no one's batting an eye that a restaurant named La Ratatouille has rats yeah. <laughs> in it. So it's like, the movie has a happy ending, but it's a happy ending with like little logic. Yeah. Strangely enough, but yeah. it's still a good happy ending. It didn't, wasn't the ending you're expecting. Right. Because logically, they couldn't do the ending you're expecting, but yet somehow they still did that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Ratatouille is interesting in its ending. <laughs> but yes, um, I like that we got, we actually still got a happy ending. It's just not the happy ending. Yeah. It's a happy ending, and that's fine. You I'll don't have to do the quote unquote perfect ending you can do an ending that does what you want it to do but not just not in the way you expected it to do and so yeah that's my number two like is the unexpected happy ending all right so my uh number two is actually the weathering effects oh yes yeah the the i'm talking wind i'm talking rain i'm talking uh like wet fur oh wet fur in 2007 and it's just like, whoa, okay, they really did some studying. They really did their, their due diligence on this film, and it was just absolutely incredible. Like, I mean, like all the rain scenes where uh, uh, Remy's father shows him the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the kill shop, I'm going to call it the kill shop, and uh, just like the rain effects and like, like all, like the, uh, like I said, the weathering effects are just amazing in this film. Like water, like you're watching, it actually looks like a river. I'm like, mm-hmm. you take probably five years earlier, there's only an earth they could have done that and make it look realistic. Now, granted, be like looking at from 2007 to 2021, there's a huge... Uh, it's gotten better, but it's not like super, super, super better. Yeah, exactly. Because the the water is still like on point for this time, for, yeah. from what this is. Exactly. Because I mean, we've gotten better with particle... They've gotten better with particle animation. Yes. Not that we had fire to compare with anything in this movie. Yeah. Well, but there's, there's there's some fire. There's elements. some fire, but it it really does feel like it's more uh, reflective. Mm-hmm. Like anything, I get like a sock fire shot they did for a mm-hmm. movie years ago. Yeah, it's not a new one, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. The water in this film is amazing and how it's handled. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the uh, the elements and the um, you just said it a second ago. Particle, particle effects. Particle effects. The particle effects. The hardest thing for CG animation to do yeah, is particle exactly. effects. Particle effects. The particle effects in this film is absolutely incredible for a 2007 film, and they just nail it out of the park. Definitely when it comes to the hair in this movie. Oh, oh yes. my gosh, the hair. It's just the thing, be like, you thought Sully was bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <coughs> but so, the, oh, go ahead. Yeah, in that same way, be like, you think Tangle comes out in 2010. Yeah. And Tangle does like you be like you have seventy ish miles of hair. miles of hair, <laughs> and uh, they just Pixar just brings it and just they bring mm-hmm. their A game. They slam it out of the park. Well, one th- one thing I do want to go back and rewatch is to see how the particle effects of the gunpowder coming out of the Tom and Jerry French lady's gun looks like. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. I just thought of it now, because that's actually my number three, like, is the Tom and Jerry French lady oh, okay. at the beginning of this film, because it's like, oh look, there's it's, it's, they're making a reference to Tom and Jerry because there's a rat. Yeah. And she's trying to shoot it with a shotgun <laughs> in her little house. And of course, all those little shots lead to the best reveal, best reveal at the, at the, at the mm-hmm. beginning of this part of this movie, because you know... 
<laughs> that there's a rat colony somewhere in this house. Yeah. You just don't know where it is. Yeah. Because they haven't showed it. They just say, oh, you have some shots of the rat colony and everything. But they never, there's no one looking down, watching Remy down there. Yeah. Or anything like that. It's just like, where's Remy? Well, I think he's in the kitchen. What's he doing in the kitchen? And then she's uh, doing all the, the shotguns going off and going, going every which way. And then all of a sudden, the roof caves in with the entire rat colony right there. And they, they and the old lady stare at each other for a couple minutes before the rats scurry and run like the wind. Yeah. Like it's rats. like, that was clever. That was clever. <laughs> because that, that actually made me laugh. It's like, I wasn't expecting to laugh at any of this part, but the way it was leading up mm-hmm. with the slapstick and the Tom and Jerry-esque uh, humor in there to get to that one point and the whole thing falls down and an entire colony of rats right. that has been living in this lady's attic for who knows how many years right. just crash lands in her kitchen and then runs over her like a plague infested European town in the time of the black plague. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So yeah. Uh, the, that scene in particular, uh, during the feature rats, because I love watching feature rats yeah. on films. And so during, the, I didn't have time to watch the feature rats on this one, but, uh, so at one point, uh, Brad Bird is describing this scene and he describes it as like the old lady who was part of the resistance during World War II in France. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, she she I mean, like she was like a killer shot when she was younger, but now she's like eighty years old and she can barely see, mm-hmm. and she's just like firing blindly. I thought that was like oh, okay, that's clever, like giving some background to a character, and all her purposes is to make this get the uh, Remy and his obsession with food and his what's what is his brother's name. Emil. Emil. Emil uh, running around like a rat. And it's like, it's like you're going to draw her to the colony. Well, she does. She shoots the ceiling out. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was the cleverest movie on the planet. That was such a great, just like technical move where so when like, I'm, you I'm, don't realize where she's shooting. Yeah. And then you get that full shot. It's like, oh, she shot the ceiling apart. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. So while and I was... Boop, there's a rats. <laughs> While I was sitting in here watching this thing, because bear in mind, this whole beginning, I don't remember from the first time I watched yeah. it, watched the movie. So this was probably the first time I saw this part. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and the ceiling falls mm-hmm. and the rats are there. And in the back of my mind, I heard your voice go, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. So It's, it's, it's a bunch of rats. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh! What's your third and final uh, dislike? My uh, like, like. All right, so my third like. Uh, I'd say it's Remy's redemption of like he he knows he's he screwed the pooch, like he messed up, mm-hmm. and um, be like he be like he got bitter, he got just jealous, and it's like oh, be like oh you're gonna kick me out, and it's like oh okay, so I'm gonna bring all I'm gonna bring the entire colony in, and uh, it's just like one of it's it's one of the charms of this film where you have your 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 main protagonist just goes and just be like oh okay I'm gonna mess everything up be uh-huh. like oh it doesn't matter because he's already being uh he's already being warned by his uh his um what would you call uh gusto figment of his imagination yeah his figment that's what it was yeah his figment is you know warning him it's like yeah do not steal do not do this because it's going to make problems for uh, for the company. It's make problems mm-hmm. for you. It's going to make problems for everybody. 
but his his goofy brother has to bring his friends with him. And it's like, okay, we're going to still food here. We're still able to hear. And then when he gets rejected, rejected by, you know, L, I'm going to say, because I'm going to butcher his name to death. Uh, it's like, oh, okay, so I'm going to take my revenge and I'm going to get the entire colony here. And we're going to just chow down. Mm-hmm. Which ultimately leads to, like, it's, L has to reveal, it's like, oh, okay, don't kill the rat because the rat's the one behind everything. Yeah. And then that's where, like, everybody leaves. And that's when the uh, the food critics there and everything's under the gun. And I'll be like, you pull it down and be like, it's Remy. It's Remy. It's his it's his uh, his pettiness, his pettiness of uh, wanting revenge for something just a slight. And now he wants he has to make it right. And so he be like, like he like the idea of a, like a family, a, a, a rat colony is a family. Yeah. I don't know what the technical once, term of once um, again a strange connection to this that, time of year. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Year. It's all about family. That's what I, S9 I, is telling us. That's what uh Black, Black Widow, Widow is telling us. And that's what and now Ratatouille. I don't know what the name of a rat co- I thought a colony of rats. I it's, don't know what the of group of rats are yeah, it's a <laughs> to answer your question. It's a colony. As far as I understand, you might want to look it up, but uh I'll just call it a colony of rats. Our family of rats. It's like, hey, your family. We're gonna st- we're gonna stick together. But uh, yeah, they, they wind up helping Remy. Ah, it's a mischief. A mischief. That makes sense. Yeah, a mischief. Mischief of rats. of rats. Mischief of rats are become instant cooks and are helping prepare the meal. And the fact that they kidnap the the inspector and the former head chef. Yeah, I'm like. What the heck is going on here? Like, you know, this is not going to work. You know that. <laughs> it's like, what? They're like, he's in the freezer. It's like, huh? Like, you left them in the freezer? Oh, they'll be fine. <laughs> you know what line just popped into my head from a previous movie review? Okay. The chickens, they're revolting. Finally, something we can agree on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Agreed. 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 So it's, it's, uh, it's Remy's redemption or his... Uh, his need to fix things because it's it's not he's he's not Rapunzel from Tangled the Tangled the series where mm-hmm. she has to make everything right everybody has to be friends but it's more he's he has to make things right because he knows he messed up he messed up he like he he literally but like destroy he has the potential of destroying everything and he he wants to make it right in his. His family, his, his rat family, yeah. his rat family, his, his rat mischief, his rat mischief. Uh, let's go into rat mischief. Um, Just like Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Very much <laughs> mischief. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, my favorite Loki. <laughs> Why, thank you. All right. So, yes. Wow. We got sidetracked in that one. What's uh, new? What's the busquette? Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. We're going or crazy. Case, rat. Okay. Yeah, we're going crazy. We got dislikes. We need. We right, need... Let's go into dislikes. While uh, we should be careful how we bash movies, we do still need to bash them some way. Yes. And bringing up that same quote, you remember how I talked about how bad, how this movie is talking about not gatekeeping mm-hmm. new stuff just because of some arbitrary roles and all that? Yeah. I find it then horribly ironic at the very end of the credits mm-hmm. for this movie is a um, there is a little sign right above the uh, MPAA eyeball, as like my mom calls it, that says our quality assurance guarantee 100% genuine animation. No motion capture or any other performance shortcuts were used in the production of this film. 
That sounds an awful lot like gatekeeping to me and not being a friend to the new. Pixar, you got, you were close. You were so very close and you, you missed it by that much. You, you, you dropped the pan. <laughs> to, dro- to quote Maxwell Smart, missed it by that much. Because motion capture is not as a tool. Yes. It is not, it makes some aspects easier, but you st- you still have to do a lot of animation cleanup yes. when you make this tool, to my understanding. Yes. Admittedly, I've not done any motion capture or really any animation outside of a bad Pong thing I did in college. But <laughs> my understanding, when I was, I, I did some reading on motion capture when I saw this, and I thought, wait a minute. Why doesn't Pixar do a motion capture? Is that still a rule for them? Is um, how much does motion capture really ease anything up? And apparently it really doesn't. All it does is make the movements more realistic, which is what you want anyway. But you still have to go in there and, you know, massage everything a little bit. Of course, the more polygons a model is made out of, the more massaging you got to do. So why on earth are Pixar saying... Yeah, we didn't do any, it didn't take any shortcuts to make this obviously not animated realistically movie because it's not animated realistically. They aren't even, they, they are doing a lot of work to make it characters walk thing, but they're still not going for realistic animation. Agreed. They're still going for a, not, not a quite full stretch and what do you call that? Stretch and squish, stretch and squish. Whatever that, whatever that turns, they're not going for that full Bugs Bunny esque mm-hmm. movement in this, not like Disney does. Yeah, but they are still going for a animated, not quite realistic, be kind of mm-hmm. got a nice flow and everything, that yeah. sort of thing. If they had used motion capture, yeah, some of this stuff may have been easier, but yeah. that's an artistic choice. That's a tool choice. That is not something that you broadcast. That's like we're real animators because we didn't use motion capture. Yeah, but I don't know if that's really something to brag about. Yeah. It's just you didn't use a tool that was in your toolbox that you could have used. There may be artistic reason you didn't want to do that. Fine. But it's not a mark of pride that you should be bragging about, at least in my opinion. But that's just me. And I don't like the fact that Pixar get keeped in a way that really kind of looks bad on them now, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. But anyway, that's that. admittedly, if I had turned it off before, when the movie went to credits, I never would have saw this and it wouldn't have bugged me. But because I, as I have done with every movie I've watched since Iron Man, <laughs> I don't turn it off till I see the eyeball. And right before the eyeball was that line. Pixar, y'all need to be careful about what you say. Agreed. So I mentioned in my third light was Remy's redemption. Here's the part I don't like about it. <laughs> Remy's petty revenge. <laughs> I was like, Remy... Like, dude, he just slighted you a little bit. And it'd be like, knowing L, be like, he's he's going to come back and apologize for it. But you get so petty and so just, like, it's, oh, he dissed me. Be like, oh, because I'm a rat. It's like, that's that's the, the idea of someone says, oh, I don't like what you did, but you're bringing up, like, like a racial issue or something like that. But just the idea that this character gets so petty. He gets so petty about this. And like, oh, I'm going to make your life heck, so I'm going to bring the entire colony, and we're going to eat, we're going to chow down, and just make things worse, Remy. Okay, first off. He doesn't think about it. First off. (laughs) It drove me nuts. Let let me explain if you don't, if you didn't. He's been, throughout a large portion of that movie, he's, okay, did you ever watch the movie, um, The Prestige? 
Uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. A, you should watch it. It's a good movie. Yeah. Hugh Jackman does a good role in it. Anyway, yeah. it, I, the point I'm getting is it's kind of like that, where in that movie, for a long period of that movie, he has to take, because of the way the he does the teleporting man trick, mm-hmm. he has to take his bows from beneath the stage. Okay. While his double upstairs that come out of the other teleportation box mm-hmm. actually did the bow to end the program. Okay. So he's only up the he, he's only like missing like the last bit, but it's always where he was getting his due. Okay. He, he was getting his due. He wasn't actually getting to be up there where everyone could see it. Yeah. Think about Remy's situation in this. The entire time Remy is in that toque. Oh yeah. Remy knows he's the one making this food, but he's not getting any of the credit. Every of course. Every bit of praise that Remy is hearing for his food is being made to Linguini. Yes. And when that part where you where where you mentioned where he was only slightly slided. Yeah. Imagine that being the needle yeah. on the camel's back. Yeah. He he was feeling at one, one point he's cuz you know, he's having to deal with the mice wanting to get sneak in and get food all the yeah. time. So he feels guilty for that. But yet he's maybe rationalizing that to himself. It's like, well, you know, they need food. Linguini can mess a little bit extra. It's not going to be a big deal because we're not going to get caught. Yeah. And he's feeling a little guilty of that. It's like, well, I'm trying to do my best to get these guys food and all this. And I'm trying to help Linguini. I'm doing all the cooking for Linguini by mm. controlling his hair. This kid would be nothing without the rat. Oh, yeah. Totally. Is what he's thinking. Yeah. And Linguini is you know, in that press conference and someone asks him, what is the secret to your cooking. Yes. If you've never had any cook chance, if you never had any cooking training before. Now also bear in mind, Remy tried to show, tried to, you know, let everything up earlier. And it was Linguini who kept him from, from kept the hat on. Yeah. Cause uh, Remy nearly took the hat off to show. Yeah. It's a rat controlling the guy. Yeah. That's it's true. Like I, and Link says, no, we can't do it. We'll, so you got that on his head. Plus now Linguini is saying, Oh yeah. Uh, the secret, I guess it was just in my blood because yeah. I'm Gusto's kid. Or, yeah, you know whatever. And you get to that point where he's feel—he's not just feeling slighted. He's feeling like Linguini has just stabbed him in the back. Yeah, because of everything else he's dealing with. Now, admittedly, Linguini didn't mean anything by it. Linguini was following the plan of keeping Remy Remy's existence a secret because if they found out a rat was in the kitchen, yeah, as we know sure. from the end of the movie, the, yeah, Gusto's was going to get close. Yeah. Everything was going the way it should have. Yeah. But Remy took it personally because oh, he yeah. thought he was more important than he. Oh yeah, exactly. Than he than he probably was. I'm not yeah. saying he was important because he's the one who knew how to cook. Yeah. But he let he let these things that were had to be part of the plan in order for all this to work get under his skin, mm-hmm. and that's why he is angry and allows uh, all the rats into the kitchen. Oh yeah, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. Yeah, he just be like he. Like, like I there's thought, a lot of psychological undertones. There's in a that lot of entire he, thing. Yeah, he uh, he he let his pride get in the way of him. Exactly. Just like a lot of characters in the movie, there's a lot of pride in here. And so uh, it, 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 to us, in re- in reality, it was just a slight slight. Yeah. Didn't mean for that to alliterate, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but to Remy, it was like he, Remy was had been wanting praise, mm-hmm. but he wasn't getting. But he wasn't getting any, and he felt like it. You know, he nearly became the most famous rat. In all of France, mm-hmm. for one reason or another, uh-huh. either he's a great cook or there's a rat in Gusto's kitchen and it's sitting on this guy's head. We must capture it and dissect it. <laughs> it would have happened. Yeah, it would have. But um, Remy wasn't thinking. He was thinking, 
I should be the one getting the praise for exactly. all this good food, not Linguini, because Linguini is an idiot. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's it's a bit like good points. Good points. So, yeah, it was just more... I, I was... Let me refer... I was kind of disappointed. I under, understanding full of gra- the, the, the magnitude of everything, because my thought was, like, okay, you just got slighted, even though uh, L wasn't... had. There was no intention that he was, like, trying to degrade uh Remy in any fashion or form. Right. He'd be like, he was just like, this is part of the plan, dude. Yeah. But, uh, and like, even if he R- was, Remy, Remy took it too far. And even if, uh, Linguini was, you know, basking in the pride a little bit, mm-hmm. I, how would somebody who's praised as being considered called, call, uh, one of the best cooks, not supposed to act like they're get, at least getting some praise. Yeah, exactly. And yet you can either be humble or you can appreciate what's being given to you. And either yeah. way, it's, Gonna look like you're stabbing Remy in the back. Yeah. When you're not, you're just he's playing a part. And even if he is getting a little prideful about it, I mean, yeah. I think both characters it's understandable. Got, understandable. They, they, they were both in the wrong in that situation, yeah. I believe. But also, what was the right thing to do? It was a Kobayashi Maru scenario. Yeah, yeah, agreed. You Completely. could. There was no winning of that scenario. No, there wasn't. So yeah, it was just more. I think it was just to boil down the essence of it. It was. Remy got his feelings hurt. He let his pride get ahead of him. And uh, your, all your points, very good. Very, very good. And, uh, like, yeah, he just, like, Remy just took it too far and wasn't, like, putting into everything. He just let it, he let his little rat feelings get hurt. And uh, it's like, oh, yeah, let's just raid the kitchen, raid the entire colony. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you just made things worse, Remy. But like, yeah, which was a good story point. It was just more like, Remy, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, be a be a better rat. <laughs> you know, get get your pride out of the way. Like, just like, okay, cool down. Cool your fur. Don't put, don't get your, don't get your, you know, your rat telling a knot. Mm-hmm. And just calm down. But nope, he had to let, his, let the fur fly and be like, okay, I'm going to get my revenge. And it's like. And revenge stupid. is a dish best served Sir, cold. cold. In a freezer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyway, we, we've gotten off. We've not gotten off topic, but we have chased this rap pretty far. Yeah, so far we need we need freezer. we need to jump to the next dislikes. Yes. Uh, which for me is actually the fact that I actually think the rats are too realistic <laughs> because there are so many moments in this film where, especially the uh, the rat swarms are the easiest part. There's like three yeah. fil- three rat swarms you see in this film. Mm-hmm. And they all three of them make my skin crawl every time I see them. Uh, so I mean, yeah, you've got that, which is it look is animated well, but it's like eh, you could have gone a little more cartoony with that. Yeah, uh, and I would have felt better. Um, but also, uh, there's some other point about the rats being too realistic. Oh, the scene in front of the exterminator shop. Okay. Where Django takes Remy to... That's right, yeah. You see the dead rats... Yeah. ...hanging from the rat traps, mm-hmm. and you're going, you know, I'm not a fan of rats in general. Yeah. But that's but gonna stink. This is a kid's movie, and you just showed 13 dead mm-hmm. rats hanging like trophies... In a window. In a window. And I know you're trying to give that moment of horror for uh-huh. Remy... And to scare and make sure the kids understand, yeah, what could happen is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting there going, I've seen that, and that looks too correct. Can we move on? 
This does not look like Radigan from Great Mouse Detective. No. This looks like I think the I think the dead rats looked more realistic than the living rats. Yeah. If we're being honest. Well, technically, like kind of going back to the featurette where they actually had to tone it down a little bit because before the rats <laughs> looked real. They didn't tone it down enough. <laughs> they, because they had, the movement is too <laughs> It looks like a rat. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. Totally get that. That is a very shocking scene, and it's and it's poignant for its reasoning. Uh, I, I, I know why it's there. Don't get me wrong, but you look at it and you're going, "Your point's made." Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> can we get back to the the rat washing its hands so that <laughs> it doesn't get dirt all over? Despite the fact, I'm just going to bring this up. Yeah, we see them clean all the rats at the end of that movie mm-hmm. when they're getting ready to do their work in the kitchen. Yeah, which was cool. Don't get yeah, me wrong. It was a good idea. But even if you take a bath before you go into a kitchen, yeah. you still have to wash your hands. And we never saw any of those rats wash their hands. And bear in mind, they're all running around. Remy's the only one ever on uh, just his back two feet. Yeah. Everyone else is still running around on all fours, which means whatever, you know, no matter how clean that kitchen is, there's still dirt. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> and it's getting in the food. There's a reason why you throw food away in a kitchen that's fallen on the floor. It's disgusting. I don't care how clean the floor is. There's something. Uh, and all their hands that are walking all the way across this are now touching all the food. Yeah. Completely unsanitary. Yeah. It's a, anyway. <laughs> What's your second dislike? Uh, I, I would completely agree with you. The, uh, I just want dirty. <laughs> By the dirty. end of that, yes. Yes. Like yeah, when like like it's animated beautifully. Oh that yeah. Great. It'd be like if you don't like rats and scurrying and everything. You get past that, it's just like, oh my gosh. Be like, I would not if I knew what was happening. Like there's rats fixing my food. They're on all fours. They're using their mouths to move things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get rabies here. No, I'm suing. <laughs> no. Yeah. D- don't get me wrong. It's a great scene. It's just like when you realize the the ramifications of everything that's happening. Yeah. It's like... It's Who not- knows how... That's the thing. They could have said it was just the health inspector that reported it, and that's what got it closed down. People got sick that night. It just oh, yeah. happened not to be Anton Ego. Yeah. We just never saw any ramifications of Yeah, exactly. It. Some th- stuff happened, and we don't know about it. Yeah, I'm sorry, it did. <laughs> yeah, guarantee there was a when couple, was, couple of people got sick because that's the thing. You, you, have when ra- it, you have ratty chefs. When it's just Remy sitting on Linguini's head, that's still Linguini's hands that's doing the work, and mm-hmm. they are clean. Yes, Remy doesn't have to have clean hands while he's controlling the hair. Although I'm sure Linguini would prefer it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, what's your what was your second dislike? My, my second dislike was exactly yours, the uh, the, the dirty kitchen. Cause it was yeah. just, like, thinking about it logically is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, that's a lot of paws on the ground that was just picking up dirt, picking up everything on uh, that floor. Yeah. It is now cooking everything with those dirty paws. And how did... Uh, you, you're going to tell me no rat accidentally landed in one of those... Uh, they did. Burners. How did they not? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Like you had rats falling into the stews and like yes. everything. It's like I don't care how well acrobatic they are. Crap went down. I'm sorry. Yeah, they exactly. Did. Like, have you and been plus, around the, as realistic rats? as realistic as they made these rats? You know there was pooping in the kitchen. <laughs> you know there was. <laughs> they didn't show that. No. 
Of course you this is this is this is the problem when you go this realistic is you have to make logical jumps Uh about what probably was going on, even if they didn't show it, because why would you show something like that? Anyway, anyway, my third dislike the title of this movie Ratatouille. Yes. Let me explain why Ratatouille is a title that screams symbolism. Yeah. Ratatouille. What and you know, what is Ratatouille? It is. A pro- provincial dish mm-hmm. made of stewed vegetables. Mm-hmm. It is something that should not be uh, considered uh, hot cuisine. Yes. And yet it is the thing that makes Antony go... Uh, it, it's, just like, it's just like Remy. It's something that should not be considered great. And yet, by the end of this movie, it is. Yeah. Here's my problem with it. When do they mention Ratatouille? The dish? The very end of the film? Yeah, right before you go into the climax. And then there's one other spot about midway when uh, Skinner gets Linguini drunk. Yeah. And Linguini says, why do they call it Ratatouille? Yeah. And makes and I don't remember the rest of it. I just remember he says that line. And you get to thinking, you know, if you had not mentioned the dish Ratatouille, yeah. I would just assume this is like uh, Brave or Frozen or Tangled yeah. or something like that where it's a descriptive of what's going on that happens to also be a rat French cuisine food pun. Yeah. And I could have left it there. But you made Ratatouille an important part of the story. Actually, even if they just had the the restaurant at the end being La Ratatouille and just have that there, I would also accept this. But because they made it an important part of the story to such a point where they realize, hey, we need to mention this a little bit earlier, so let's bring up bring this up in the scene where Linguini's drunk. So we can get it mentioned earlier in the film. It makes see it makes that feel more important to the point where I have to ask why was the soup not ratatouille, not the ratatouille from the end of the movie, yeah. but the the more traditional ratatouille, or what about say the old French Tom and Jerry lady? What if she had ratatouille cooking on the stove when Remy stole the uh, cookbook? Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was the cook. That's what that was. What the cookbook page was open to when he, Remy stole the book, or a thousand other things that would allow Chekhov's gun to be there. Do you know the term Chekhov's gun? I've heard of it. Chekhov's gun states that if there is a gun on the mantelpiece in the first act, it must go off by the third act. That makes sense. We have Chekhov's gun go off in the third act, but we never saw it in the first act. Yeah, agree. Until. Linguini gets drunk as far as I know ratatouille is like a French word for rat as far as I know because I'm a stupid American who's never had French cuisine Mm. (laughs) I had never heard of ratatouille before this movie was made I didn't even know ratatouille was a dish till the first time I saw the movie because I never googled this stuff and I guarantee you most people in America or the United States whatever you call who don't know anything about French cuisine and especially kids yeah they don't know what ratatouille is either yeah. So the fact that you don't mention it until the very end, you have no lead up. There's no, they have to, they have to do the thing where it's like, yeah, there's, there's ratatouille, isn't that a peasant's food? And you go, well, maybe, but I don't know. You act like I should know what ratatouille is. I've never heard of ratatouille. You bring this thing up, it looks like you just sliced a bunch of meat and vegetables and put it on a plate and poured some sauce on it. I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's good. I just know it exists. Yeah. And I, I completely s- agree with and you. And I've never had ratatouille, so I can't tell you how it tastes. But yeah. it's a veg- from what I can tell, it's either a vegetable stew or whatever that thing I said earlier that this actually was. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a type of ratatouille. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I completely and agree with you. That, and it, what, not 
bringing that in there, not giving us a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a lead up? Yeah. Not saying... Uh, or a lead in? Yeah. What if this was Remy's first dish? Yeah. He made it small. Maybe that's what the uh, that thing he was making that he went in to get the little... That would make sense. And he was just making a very small version of it because yeah. he's a rat and he's the only one... He and Emil are going to be the only ones eating this thing. Um, what if that's what he was doing? And his big signature dish is the ratatouille that we see at the end. We would go, we would have this thoroughfare all. No, the way it goes is we get a stupid joke about the fact that rat and ratatouille have the word, have the same first three letters, mm-hmm. which when you think about it, I don't think the French word for rat is rat. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I don't yeah. think it's rat. Mm. <laughs> but so that pun is kind of a weird thing. Anyway, the word is so strange that on all the marketing material for this movie, because they were convinced no one would be able to pronounce the name here in America, mm-hmm. they put the phonetic spelling on everything but the most recent releases. Every movie poster and every DVD case had the phonetic spelling above the word Ratatouille to tell everyone know how you say the name of this movie. Because they were convinced no one would be able to say the name of it. Well, that's at least nicer than some other ones, but still, you know, if you know that if the marketing team can catch on to the fact that most people aren't even going to be able to say the name of the movie, mm-hmm. they may not know what the word means. Probably. So if you're going to if you're going to go in there, you need to explain quickly, within the first act, what a Ratatouille is, so you can actually see how the symbolism of rat- Ratatouille is works with the rest of the film. Otherwise, I had to dig for 9% of that because I had to look up what a Ratatouille was. Yeah. They should have put more thought into how the name related to the movie. Agreed. I have a feeling this is a name that was a part of the original pitch, and everyone loved it so much, and it wasn't until about three quarters, uh, five tenths, no, uh, five, uh, five sixths, or some other really close mm-hmm. percentage of the way through the movie, someone realized, hey, what if no one knows, no one in the audience knows what a ratatouille is? Maybe we should mention this a little earlier in the film. Oh, we don't have time to animate a whole scene to explain what a ratatouille is in a way that makes sense. What if we just have drunk Remy make a joke about it? So let people know, oh, this is a dish. You're watching a movie named after a, a, a dish. Yeah. And even then, that scene doesn't explain what Ratatouille is. It's a joke. Yeah. So it's like, mm. <laughs> Now... It's an annoyance for me. And it is. Because when you look at something like, say, Brave, it makes sense. She had to be brave in order to go and find the way to save her mother, mm-hmm. who got turned into a bear, plus her three little kids. Yeah. Her three little brothers. Boys, brothers. Frozen. Tons of symbolism there because uh, it's not... It's her sister getting frozen. She's got ice powers and uh, it's dealing with the fact that her heart and her life feels frozen. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of symbolism there and you can catch on to that very quickly. Yeah. Tangled. Yeah. You got the hair pun with the hair getting tangled, but all these P characters lives are tangled together in uh-huh. a single mesh. Exactly. Why is this called Ratatouille? I don't know. What's a Ratatouille? Yeah. That's not, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Until you actually bother to look up what a Ratatouille is and you can kind of, rationalize some of the symbols and see how it comes in there, it just is a weird name. Mm. And that bugs me. Okay. If you're going to make a one-word name, your title should be be one of the most important things you name a movie anyway. Mm -hmm. If you know it's got to have a title, you've got to be thinking, what is the title of this? Probably from the the word go. Yeah. Because you know you've got to have a title that encapsulates what the movie is about. I got you. And I think they did that. It's just they've forgotten that process. We need to make sure the audience knows what the title is about. Agreed. It's not like 
that Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, where it's painfully obvious it's about a character named Indiana Jones, and he's going on the Last Crusade for the uh, I think I said the Goblet of Fire, <laughs> not the quite holy, the, the Holy, holy Grail. Grail, the Holy Grail. It's, it's a not, cup. <laughs> yeah, it's a cup. It's not like um, I don't have anything else easily where I can see it. Star Trek Into Darkness is the other poster I've got over here. It's Star Trek, well, Star Trek, that's a television show from the 60s that dealt with the Enterprise. And they're going into darkness. It, I can follow it. It's not great. But it's a title that really encapsulates is the Star Trek mythos at its darkest points is what it's trying to show. Yes. I can follow the reasoning for that title. Exactly. Ratatouille. What's a ratatouille? Tui. I yeah. don't know what this word means. You could have you could have just said, you could just call this movie Rat. Yeah. Patui. Yeah. <laughs> it would have made the same amount of sense to me. It wasn't until I watched the movie, knew what the theme was, and then went back and looked up to see what on earth a ratatouille, what on earth the ratatouille dish was. Agreed. Because the only explanation they give is in a blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. Uh, sentence. It's a provincial dish, and that leads to everything that you've got to rationalize it all, and the time it takes when they say that line until the end of the movie, you don't have enough time. Yeah. To get it with the climax and still follow the movie, I I, res- I understand respecting your audience to be able to follow your logic, mm-hmm. but sometimes you do need to make it a little easier, a little bit, especially when you're dealing with a foreign word to your maybe not your only audience because obviously they have a worldwide audience, mm-hmm. but to a major portion of your audience who may not know anything about French food, mm-hmm. which I'm gonna say is a large portion of the general public around the world. Probably. The only people who are going to be ab- you're going to absolutely know are going to get it is France. And guess what? It broke it, it broke records there. Yeah. Because they knew what a ratatouille was. <laughs> and they wanted to know why you named a movie about a rat ratatouille. <laughs> and they would have caught the rest of the, oh, you got to see this movie. It's got this great symbols and this, it, you know, all those other stuff. You, and they'll go in, the movie will make perfect sense to them. I go into this movie first time and I'm going, what's a ratatouille? It sounds like a rat who's going like to... I get the rat pun. Rat Don't get me wrong. Toot. What is the, to, what is the rat to tweet? Is that food? Is that a nickname? Is this a weird French word that means nothing? I don't know. Is and it a so, rat passing gas? <laughs> and so you've got to get past that point. Thankfully, the Tom and Jerry bit, as I call it, at the beginning kind of gets you past the point of thinking about that. Yes. But there's still that part in the back of your mind. It's going, make the name understandable. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. Totally understand. Now I, I kind of went off on a on no, a, you're good. A thing there, but yeah. It's a it's a, the, the name is not a bad name. It's just they didn't do a good job of making the name relevant throughout the entire movie. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like if someone didn't know what a uh, checkup gun was. I had to, well, I explained that to you. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you had someone who didn't know, I'm like, oh, checkup's gun. Be like, oh, so checkup from the Starship Enterprise yeah. had a gun. <laughs> well, maybe. He had a phaser, but yeah, it's true. Um, it, it didn't the thing work is, somewhere on a, the another thing enterprise. Is, the thing is, though, once I say when that, now that I've told you about Chekhov's gun, yeah, hey, go and look at it because I didn't do, get to explain it well enough in yeah. that short bit. But you'll see it in so many movies, yeah, because it's a good storytelling method. Exactly. Anyway, sorry. Anyways, good rant, by the way. Yes, <laughs> very good. With all the ranting I did for my dislikes, you probably think I'm giving this a low score. <laughs> But what is your third and final dislike? I really don't have a third dislike. Oh, come on. I couldn't be like, I'm, I'm thinking because I was be like, when you went into your first like, it was like my my third dislike was like, I can't use that one anymore. 
Because it's, <laughs> it's explained it too well. No, it's not you to explain it to. I mean, like you explained it excellently. Like it was the idea that a, like a critic is like you know. It's like, oh, it's this and this and this. And I wrote that for my third. And I was like, I your can't third, say... Your third dislike was the critic line? <laughs> no, 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 no. There again, be like, sometimes I don't speak English. I know, I know. That's why I'm trying to translate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my my third dislike was criticizing that the the story was, was unoriginal in some capacities. <laughs> and when you, did your, when you did your first like, and I was like... Never mind. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That, that's the thing. While I say as critics, we need to be careful of such things. Yes. You're still free to dislike something <laughs> because you think it's cliche. Then I was like, man, no, I sound like a hypocrite. I don't want to say that. So yeah, be okay, like, well, honest. Okay, 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 well, <laughs> even if you don't want to call it your dislike now, please tell us your point. My my <laughs> point. What, what, what is cliche that you didn't like? Okay, so the 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 cliche, if I can say the words right, cliche. Of uh, it has a very it is an interesting it's an interesting story that has been told over and over again. And there again, it's not a critique. It's not. It's not a. I'm not slamming this film at all. I love this film. It's a great film. There, there's just this particular story beat has been used multiple times there again there's no thing is an original idea and so the my critique of the film is that there's there is interesting originality within a, a story that has been told over and over again mm-hmm. so that is my critique of you it's a um, dislike, but it's not really a criticism. It, it's not really a criticism. It's you more. Wish it had, you wish the structure had more originality. Yeah, exactly. It had That's a little fair. More. That is very fair. Yeah, so I'll be like, when you said That's that, not, it's like, crap, I can't say that. No, that's, that's the thing. That is not bashing the film. No, that it's is just not. stating. I wish it had more of this. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, it, it's got it's got the like the the typical beats of everything. Like you see everything coming, like from a mile away, and uh, there again, not bashing the film at all it's a really well done film it's just like everything that has been done be like they've done in other films this film does it excellently so, so what you're saying is that's like you're actually giving a critique yeah that you wish that the film was more original exactly that's fair yeah the point i was getting at with that first one yeah about people writing bashing stuff yeah i really agree with that is criticizing for no good reason other yeah. than I am the critic. Yeah. Everything that I say tells you whether it's good or, or bad. bad. Yeah. But giving a critique, like, I wish this movie had more originality. Yeah. That's, an, that's a legitimate critic, crit, uh, critique of the film. Thank you. So, yeah. Feel free to keep that as your dislike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, like, I, I was like, well, I, I, I looked at my notes like, crap. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like, because he said that. And I'm like. I'm gonna feel like a hypocrite here. <laughs> well, don't. <laughs> I got you, you had a legit critique. I did. I did. It's just the fact to be like it's just, it's just there's all all the story beats in this movie have been done before. Yeah, they're, they're they're kind of shifted and rearranged well, slightly. If you want to be honest, there's been no original story since the dawn of time. Yeah, like you it's know, all the same. What thirteen stories? Isn't that what? They yeah, say? roughly, roughly, it's the same the same story beats that have been right. told over and over again. And uh, you just kind of rearrange them a little bit, make them different, but you're using the same formula. And uh, I, I know 
I mean, like, like you see movies that are absolutely incredible that you watch the movie that probably wasn't the best, but using some of the same similar beats and the same story arcs and uh, finding something new is very hard to do and not, and not just like mimicking things you've seen before. And like as a creator and as artist, be like, that's hard. That's really hard. hard not to, not to use the, you know, the same cliches and the same tropes. Mm hmm. But at the same time, not bashing them because they they use those tropes because sometimes you just can't avoid them. Well, it's not about oh if you use the trope or not. It's yeah. how well you use the trope. Yeah, it's how well you use the trope. And I, and think, I think they use it very they, well in all They do. All the they, tropes they use very well in here. Exactly. Anyway, uh, we need to review this because it is getting late. Yes. Um, I'm actually giving this movie an eight. Okay. I know it as much as I kind of bashed this movie with my two very long rants. Uh, I really do love, I think this is a very well-made film. I enjoyed it. I am looking forward to watching it again, especially to see how well the particle effects of the gunpowder is. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, it's a fun movie and I think you should watch it. Um, while I do consider it family friendly, give it a pass without the kids first, I think to see it because you, you know, your kids better than anybody else. Exactly. You're going to know how, I have a feeling the rats may get the. Creeps. The creep, the, the creepiness factor in there, uh-huh. and you know that's my only suggestion there when it comes with le- whether or not kids should watch it. Just give it a pass, see if it's going to fit what you know your child can work with. Yeah, and go from there. So yeah, I'm still giving it an eight. Okay, yeah, I'm also giving it an eight. Um, yeah, like it's an enjoyable film. It's a family film. There again, know your use discretion when watching with little ones or little kids. Because I know a lot of people who love rats, and I know a lot of people who hate rats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you do not like rats, don't watch this film because you might get freaked out. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but overall, Billy, it's a great story. Wonderful characters. Uh, something that I wish I had not passed on in 2007. Um, I don't know why. I mean, like, I saw I saw the trailer. I saw it was in theaters. I probably could have gone and saw it, but if eh. if, if you're if you were like me, and I know why I passed on this at the time, it's because I was passing on pretty much all animated movies at the time. I I don't think it was. Well, for me, it was. I was really getting hooked on anime, so Western anime. I was gatekeeping and uh. saying Western animation was beneath. Who would want to go see a movie about a rat cooking? <laughs> Boy, I, I was wrong. Well, I completely... I went and saw Wall-E in theaters the very next year, so this was at the end of mine, so... Yeah. Which we will do Wall-E eventually, because yeah. that's actually a good movie. Yeah, we'll get around to but it. Yeah, the, the, I, I skipped out on this. I think I, I think this was also around the same time that uh, a Chicken Little came out. Yeah. Or uh, not Chicken Little. What was after Chicken Little? Uh, it was the next 3D one after Chicken Little. Um, good night. Was it Bolt or Meet the Robinsons? Uh, it's it was, one of those two. It was Meet the Robinsons and it was Bolt. Okay, Meet the Robinsons is the one that actually got me back into animation. Oh, okay. Because it was the first movie... Bolt was one for me. It was the first movie I went back in theaters. Now, I've only seen Meet the Robinsons one time. Because while I enjoyed it, I recognize it's, a, it's a, one of Disney's weaker ones. Yeah. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. But yeah. If, if, that's what, if you're like me, that was just at that point in time where it's like low point in in appreciating animation exactly because i never really gave up on animation i just switched where my focus was yeah exactly and at that time apparently it was on movies and or anime Mm -hmm. totally get it totally get it anyway that brings us to the end of another episode of the cellcast 
thank you guys once again for joining us. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. Everything else is going to be out on in the outro. Uh, so until then, in the meantime, this has been Drew. What movie are we watching next? Oh, yes. Do we have to say what movie we're watching next? We're watching Akira next in celebration or interesting connection with the Olympics. The, the Olympics that were supposed to be last year when we originally scheduled this movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, Thank you, coronavirus. But, but we aren't reviewing it by ourselves. No, we are not. having two very special guests on from the Retro Rewind podcast, that being uh, the captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and his uh, uh, second-in-command, Paul, the master interrupter powers.com, uh, joining us for that episode. So... Uh, we're actually going to be recording that a week early. Uh, if you are listening to this on the podcast, you missed it already because we re- record this two days from today. If you're still watching us on the live, join us Thursday. Yeah. Um, but anyway, at the same time as normal. So that's the plan there. Yeah. So now, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Akira! <laughs> Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. On Twitter at Jacob Heron and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759. Facebook as Drew Dodgen. Uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.